everyone. Thank you for listening to The Woke Agent. I am your host, Tiffany Jarvis. I'm a local real estate agent in Lexington, Kentucky. And this is the podcast where I talk to my friends in the real estate business about how they run their business, their opinions, their outlook on the industry ahead, and just how they stay woke. We do deals with these people all the time. We never know anything about them, and I am here to change that. I got a big one today, guys. It's Bob Sophia. Hi! Hello. Thank you. Thank you for being here. You are the owner of the New Home Collective team at Keller Williams. Well, now with the new change in the sign thing, we might have to add team to it. Uh, It's... Oh. Yeah. New Home uh, collective. collective. New Home Collective. The, the word collective was used instead of team or group. I'd use the thesaurus and it. That that's was where that I came on purpose? Yeah. Purposefully collective? Yeah. Okay. So can you what what was who was Bob Sophia before all of this real estate stuff? I grew up in a restaurant. So um, oh. until December 31st, 1999, I uh, worked in my family's business. In Florida? No, it was in Michigan. Oh. A suburb of Flint, Grand Blank, Michigan. Uh, okay. That's, that's where I grew up. I thought you were from Florida. No. What's the Florida connection? I moved to Florida when the mortgage market crashed. I, I decided if I was going to be broke, I would do it in the sunshine. I love that. Yeah. Which was Marco Island? Uh, well... That's where my ties are. My grandparents had a place there, so um, I went to visit them, and uh, I just decided I wasn't going to go back to Michigan. That was uh, 2008, 2007. Height of the crash? Yeah, yeah, it definitely (laughs) crashed. (laughs) So you were in Florida during the, which Florida was hit pretty hard. Well, you know, maybe I got those, have those dates wrong because... I was there when it crashed. It was right before the crash that I. So you were there when the market was really, really good. No, no, no. It was oh. already. It was already starting to. It was already starting to buckle. Okay. It was already starting to buckle. So. Were you in the the banking industry then? Or? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Mortgages, okay. Mortgages. What made you get into selling real estate? Had to. Well, <laughs> when I moved to Kentucky, uh, my plans were. To get into insurance, I have a brother-in-law that's one of Allstate's top agents. He was actually the number one agent, I think, for three years in a row in the country. And in, uh, Here in Lexington? No, 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 no. He's in Michigan. Okay. But he was the number one in the country. He was the, that big. So Wow. Yeah. Um, when I was in Florida, you know, coming out of that transition of the, the mortgage crash, uh, I got back into the restaurant business and I was waiting tables. So, uh Yeah. I was flat busted broke. I mean, I was, uh, I had nothing. And uh, I started working for him. Um, I, well, I, anything I've done, you know, as a waiter, I, I started at Bahama Breeze in Fort Myers. And according to the general manager, I'm still a legend there. Uh, he talks about me in the meetings. Uh, I found a way through their system. It's a Darden restaurant. And, and you know, you were only allowed to have three tables. But uh, outside... Um, it was open seating, so um, I found a way through their seating, and I, I would work the front door, and I would make sure I could fit eight people around the table comfortably, and I would just wait for the eight tops. There'd be an, a wait on the, all the other other uh, waiters, all the other people that worked at the restaurant. They couldn't stand me. They, I mean, they didn't appreciate my hustle. Let's put it that way. Do you uh, feel like that here too? Um, been that way my whole life. I mean, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to figure out, I'm going to figure out the best way through things. So, I mean, it's not that I, it, it doesn't really, I don't really see that. I mean, I don't, I know that that's an obstacle that I have to deal with, but as far as uh, someone being upset with me because I'm going to get up earlier in the morning or read more than they do or study more, I mean, you know, so be it. I mean, what am I going to do? You you're know, you're kind of a, an interesting uh, polarizing figure in the in the business here, which is really interesting to me because all, all my dealings with you have been pretty great. Right. Really, I mean, you're a nice dude. You know right. why? Why do you think people are so? Why do you think people are so easy to just shit on Bob Savaya and well, your team? I mean, it's, I would just say it's the same thing that I dealt with in the restaurant business. I mean, it's the same thing that I've dealt 
maybe jealousy or I don't want to call it that. I mean, I I, I see the best in everyone. I'm not gonna uh, to put that label on people. I'm not gonna do that. I I, I think that <clears throat> I think that you know some people work harder than others. Some people some people put in more effort. Some people study more. Some people get up earlier. Some people you know. Uh, find more efficient ways to do things, you know, and, uh, and some people complain about the people that do that. I mean, I yeah, just, I mean, it's true. I, I found, you know, because I've experienced this before in my life that, you know, it, it all comes back, it, it all comes back around. It all comes back around. You just keep putting another foot in front of the, you put one foot in front of the next one and just keep going and, uh, leave, block out the noise. Cause there is a lot of noise and, uh, you know, uh, I know that if I treat people right and I and I'm honest, that I don't have to question what I do and what I say. I don't have to question myself. So when you first started, um, when, when did you get your real estate license here in Lexington? 2012. Okay. 2012, 2011, 2012, somewhere in there. Because I first, I moved back here from Nashville in 2015. Mm-hmm. And I remember you from that office. And you weren't this big, you weren't Bob, big Bob, you know, you weren't him yet. So when you were selling on your own, did you just get so busy that you decided to start a team? I worked at another brokerage and I, I, the funny thing is, is that I've always had a problem with having too many leads and I've always had in this business, in this, you know, in this area, I, I started a Facebook ad and, um, a picture of a broken house and it said, would you um, like a list of updated central Kentucky foreclosures? And it went to a simple contact form and I was getting leads for like 25 cents a piece. And it just got to the point. And, it, and one thing that was really important to me, so I would call them up and I would say something like, a, you know, hey, thanks for signing up. Are you looking to buy a home? Or are you an investor? And uh, most of the time it was someone looking to buy a home. So, you know, that kind of triggered someone. I was like, okay, so you're looking to buy a home. You clicked on this ugly house. You want to buy a foreclosure. And then I would dig a little deeper. And, you know, at that point I already knew because I was in the mortgage industry that it's not very likely that you're going to buy a foreclosure right. with a mortgage. So I would work through that and I say, you know, I really appreciate the fact that you clicked this link in the first place. You know, I'm not going to tell you it's impossible to buy one with a mortgage, but here are some of the challenges we're going to have, you know, uh, whether it be turning the water on or whether it be, uh, you know, things that, that the power not being on, you know, the yeah. things that need to happen for a mortgage to happen. Um, these are going to be our challenges. This is what we're up against. Now, the fact that you're looking for a great deal, I appreciate that because most people are looking for stainless steel appliances, you know. So I, I made connections with people, but I got to a certain point that I was getting like, it started getting up into 30, 40 leads a day. And I, they were like a quarter a piece. That's how much it cost. Wow. So, and I think to this day, you could still do the same thing still, if you were yeah. working to build a database and, and, and to, to meet people. So um, I asked my broker at the time, I said, hey, what should I do? And the advice I was given was to give the leads to the people that weren't doing so well in the brokerage. And I said, new people, yeah, new, or, uh, yeah. new people, people that have been in the business and didn't have any business that needed stuff to do. And I said, you know, they I can't just, work that stuff like you can. Well, it's not. Uh, that, not it's not, not just they can't, but it's like if they had the desire to pick up and do something, then they would have already done that, right. and they wouldn't be the people that were for twenty five cents a lead. Anybody can buy that stuff, you right? Know? And I mean, it's not that I didn't share how to generate the leads. It was just that I, I, I didn't feel comfortable sharing them with people that weren't going to take the time to learn what they needed to do to make it happen. So fast forward, um, I got a call from Keller Williams. It was Tara Smith. She, they were opening this new office. And uh, <coughs> we started having conversations about the systems. And now my very first year in Lexington, I had, you know, since I had been living in Florida and I had made some really good connections in Florida, I had... Uh, referred more business back to Florida. I think it was like $6 million worth. Wow. Back to Florida. And then I did like $3 million in sales here. So I was like, okay, well, I started thinking about that. I'm like, well, generating leads in Florida is almost easier than it is generating leads here because 
it's so seasonal and all you got to do is wait for a snowstorm and start doing Facebook ads to areas that it's snowing and say, hey, do you want to be on the beach? And Easy. You know, and yeah. it, you know, Facebook used to have a lot more parameters. You could get yes. really detailed on net worth and, and location and um, all that. So, um, yeah. That's, so I was like, man, if I, if I could generate some, if I could put my license down here in Florida and have it in Kentucky. So that was really what drew me to Keller Williams in the first place because, I mean, this was like 2014, 2015, maybe that's when I first got started. And they were, they were already talking about expansion then. So um, to think that I had this idea, like I thought it was a great idea, like, oh, I'm just going to live in Kentucky and generate business in Florida. Um, they had already been working on this for a long time. So. so you are licensed in both? No. 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 So you just refer business down there still? Not necessarily, yeah. I, I still do. But, you know, the expansion thing has always been a big thing on my mind. Um, so expansion, as in you have built this model here in Lexington, why can't it be generated the same in Florida or Indiana or California or wherever? Wherever. So... I had a question on here about expansion. So you are interested in, in doing something oh, like that. for sure. For sure. It's always been, but it's like anything else you, 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 in your mind, if you're comparing, you know, like you're, you're your own worst critic. So I've always, I've always, uh, I've always thought that I needed to learn something else or do something else or be better, you know, because at the end of the day, to go along with this expansion thing, if you talk about, if you talk about our team, right. And a couple of times I listened to a couple of your podcasts, you say, oh, you work for Bob Safai. I said, man, they work with me. I know. Like there's never really been someone that, I mean, as time goes on, I get better at this, right? Um, I really wanted to know what it was like to work with you on a daily basis right. from them. And I think that, I think that there's a misconception that they work for me. You know, um, at the end of the, and to the point of the expansion thing is like, there has to be value, right? Like for someone to stay with me or to work with me, I have to be able to provide value value on a daily basis. I have to provide training. I have to provide systems. I have to provide organization. I have to provide accountability. I have to provide all these things. And not just one day a week and not just uh, uh, half the day. It has to be all day, every day. I have to be able to give before I expect anyone to be part of what I'm doing. So that piece has what's held me back from Florida or Cincinnati or uh, Louisville or wherever, even Michigan. I, I, I've, 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 I keep putting it on the back burner because I want things to be of more value. Um, they have to be stronger than they are. It, it has to be something that's really strong. To, is to, that is that just a lot of pressure on on one person like yourself to you know you're you're generating leads you're you're doing systems and accountability and this and that and do you feel like just a lot on your shoulders of pressure thriving it thriving it like I don't I don't see it as pressure at all it's like what I love to do what I love to do is see people succeed. What I love to do is see people win. Like, that's what I love. Like, if, if I could, it, you know, and to do that, there's a lot of things that go together. There has to be, there's all these little pieces that have to fit together. And, you know, everything has to, everything has to work together. So is it pressure for me? I actually feel like it's pressure not to. Like, I, you know, now the pressure is like, you know, I'm in the car, like, do I listen to Audible or do I listen to music? You know, that's the pressure that I have, you know? And sometimes, you know, I just say music. Sometimes I say Audible, you know? Like, uh, I, have a, I have a great balance of that. I, I'm, living, so I'm, living, you, I'm living a life by design. Like, everything I do, everything that I have and everything that I will have is right here in my head. I, like, I have the picture of it already. Is your is your days really just timed out very, you know, rigidly? Like, are you up? Are you up at five a.m. and you're you work out and then you go to the office by seven and you're on the phone from eight to twelve and 
you know what I mean? I, I've heard a lot of these big, I've heard a lot of these big time agents like yourself that are, they're time blocked out. They're like, I, I will not answer an email from nine to 12. I'm, I'm in my zone. I, I, I'm getting better at that. You know? <laughs> my attention span doesn't really last that long. So I, I mean, it, I definitely, I definitely get up early. Um, you know, I'm out what of time the- are you up? Um, my alarm's set for 5.30, but I get up at 5.29 or 5, <laughs> 5.28 or 5.29 every day. It's right before my alarm goes off. Um, and, you know, I mean, sometimes it's earlier. Like, if I've got a lot of stuff going and I'm excited about something, I can't sleep. And I get up at What time do you go to bed, though? Mm, 9.30, 10. So you're pretty early. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've, 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 I would much... Like, I'm the first one to a party and the first one to leave. I mean, if you've ever been at a party that I'm at, I'm, I show up first and then I leave first. You know, like, I, that's how I've designed my life. And that's, I mean, I don't know. Nothing good happens when you stay late. So I, from someone that just is on the outside looking in at your team, there's been some transition through the years. I know there's been turnover and things like this throughout the years. But it seems now that you've had a, a pretty solid core group of people that have stayed for quite a, a while. DJ's been there a while. Nick's been there a pretty good while. Uh, I know you've had other people there too that I, I, I don't know. But yeah. um, what, I mean, how how has that, ha, have you changed your business model over the years that you're like, you know, I'm, I'm only hiring this certain person or what has contributed to this longevity now? I, I don't think anything's, I, I, I mean, the one thing is I'm, I'm always changing. I'm always becoming a better leader. I'm always, I'm always searching for uh, a way to help more people. And um, I don't think, I mean, if you talk to any of the people that I worked with in the past, I don't think any of them are going to tell you that I'm a bad guy. I mean, there's some people, I, I've definitely got better at hiring I've definitely gotten better at understanding different personalities, but I've also, I've, I've, I mean, that's, that's, that's an ongoing thing. I mean, the ongoing thing is how can I help, you know, like what, what's going to, what's going to help. And I, I don't think much has changed in as far as, um, what people want. I don't think that's changed. And, you know, people want to work less and make more. (laughs) That's what I want to do, okay. don't you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've got the formula. I mean, I got the formula. I would put the uh, the um, the tax returns of the people on my team up against any agent in town. I mean, not any. I mean, there's a couple of people that make more money than them, but they work harder. Uh, I, I, at the end of the day, the formula that we have produces results. It produces great reviews. It. I mean, there's there's people that. I mean, we, I mean that's the goal. That's the thing. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for is to add to that bottom line of the people around me. Um, so DJ talked about on my show that he believes that anybody can do this. Do you believe anybody can do this? I believe anyone that wants to can. I believe that anyone that wants to can. I believe that, I believe that if someone, I mean, there's things in life like, you know, you, you say that like I've met people that are gifted, right? There's people that are gifted with certain abilities, but leadership is a learned ability, right? They, some people are born with <coughs> some me. of the skills or they have uh, charisma or they have these different things that fit into leadership, but really it's a learned skill. And I think that I think that sales is a learned skill. Hmm. Um, there's a... The majority of the skills that you need, uh, I mean, the biggest, the biggest skill that I think a real estate agent needs is asking questions. You know, like, like whoever figures out what other people want is going to figure out how to get them what they want because that's our job at the end of the day, right? So, so, so these skills that it takes to be a great agent can all be learned. It's just you have to have the desire to do that. You have to desire. I ask this question of people when they approach me or when I approach them, mainly the ones that approach me and say, you know, they want to be on the team or they, you know, and I say, well, why'd you get into real estate? 
Do you know what the answers are? To make money and set my own schedule. Exactly. Those are the two questions. Those are the two answers. Which is not, it's not, it's not reality. Those are the two answers. Those are the two answers. And I think at the end that that comes with time, um, you know, there's a sense of entitlement, I think, with people that get into real estate, most people. And I think that's why the people that are on my team that weren't, I mean, uh, with the exception of a couple, because there's Nick and there's Clay, Clay Wilson. Those guys were both in the real estate business before they joined the team. But these guys are killing it. These guys are killing it. Like, I don't know what the, I should figure out what the exact number is. Like, the multiplier from the way that they've been doing business to the way they do business now. But I know that you could ask either one of those guys, you know, how they feel about their business now and how they felt about it in the past. Oh, I asked Nick all about it. (laughs) Right. So, 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 so the thing that is, is that like, but you take someone like DJ, I met him, he was working in a restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. He was working in a restaurant and there was something about him. I just saw it in his eyes. I, when we had the conversation, you know, I worked in restaurants. Because he was going to be like a a doctor or something. Yeah. right, Right. And, 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 and. It, you know, it was a pretty casual <laughs> conversation. And I just said, you know, if you ever think about getting real estate, give me a call. And he did. And I mean, the, the, the amount of income that he made, I mean, he did great last year. He sold 55 homes. That's right. Yeah. And, and But you know, I asked him, I, I mean, I asked him if you could have sold 25 and made the same amount of money. And, and he, he said no, because I would have had the marketing and the, to pay to pay for, I would have had to buy this and buy that, and you know, it was an it, it was interesting. It's uh, something that you know. I think that financials are something that if we all looked at each other's financials, there would be a different story to tell. You know, yeah. if you know, you get into these groups online, and there's so much advice getting put out there, right? Everybody. It's mostly a- a bitch fest. Everybody's really. got advice, but let's pull out our let's pull out our tax returns and lay them on the table and decide who we want to take advice from. I see that. Yeah. Like, show me your P and L, and then I I'll I'll make a decision whether I'm going to take advice from you. I think even more so than that, like like me. I mean, I'm selling fifty homes a year, but you know my tax returns might look great, but does my personal life? No. Right. Not really. So that's uh that's I go to thing. work early, but I leave early too. You know, and I get these calls, I get people calling, you know, these agents a lot of times, you know, they'll they'll, they'll try to negotiate a deal at eight o'clock at night, and I think that's ridiculous. Like if 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 it's a if it's a new contact that comes into your system at eight o'clock, that's a phone call you need to make. But I don't feel that people should be negotiating contracts after six PM. Because if the agent isn't drinking, then their client is. <laughs> Right or wrong? If somebody's not, if, if out of the, the people that are involved in that transaction, you got, a, you got a seller, you got the spouse of the seller, you got the agent, you got the other agent, you got the buyer, and you got the spouse of the buyer, out of those six people, you're telling what are me the odds? One, yeah. of them, one of them's drinking. And, and, and I just feel like that's, I don't feel like that's good business. And I've had agents tell me like, this is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week job. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. That's not the best thing for your client. That's not the best thing for your client. Let's go back to what's best for my client. What's best? If I'm representing the seller, is it best that I negotiate a contract at eight o'clock at night? No, it's best that we wait till the next day because another offer might come in, right? True. What if you have the buyer and you, there's multiple offers? If if there's multiple offers, that's different. But if you have the buyer, yeah, you need to push to get a conversation going at night. But don't expect it to happen. Don't expect it because uh, that's what you think is the right thing. Most of the people that give me advice don't close any business. Like they, they're telling me it's a 24-hour a, a day job. Well, if I work 24-7 on every single person that I help a year, I wouldn't sleep. I wouldn't sleep. There's not, it doesn't make sense. Like people, professionals, you got to take pride in what you do for a, like, it's like, would you expect your, I mean, yeah, a doctor might be on call, but you, would you expect to go to his office? No. Like, if you're going to be in the hospital and you want your doctor to show up, that might happen. Or you might get the backup doctor. Right. Which right. is why you have a team behind you. Not a team, but a collective behind you. And I Maybe expect they can... them to be professional. 
I expect them to be professional. I expect, I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, like, I just don't think good business is done at 8 o'clock at night. I just don't. With, with, with you, though, is it, <laughs> this is funny. This, so when I see those commercials on TV of, like, Morgan and Morgan, if I'm calling and I'm like, I want Bob Safai, I want Morgan, you know, and, and do people get upset when you're like, I, no. I'm Mr. Morgan, I'm not going to necessarily work you, you know, mm-hmm. it might be another Morgan, <laughs> you know what I mean? Do people no. ever get upset? No. You know I'm why? sure you have people, though, that you work yourself, that you keep. There's, there's very few, and they're, they're investors that I've been working with since the beginning, and, and, and I'm, and there's not, it's not like a, they, the people that work with me are the very best of the very best. Like, I trust them. If my sister was selling her house, I would have one of them do it because they're committed to that time period, that, that space right now. My space oversees all the other people's space. Like, I'm the one that's, the buck stops with me. So if something goes wrong, I'm going to point thumbs. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not blaming them or anyone else. I blame myself. Like if something doesn't go right. And that's how I treat my clients. So when you say would they, do they want to deal with me? Yeah, they do. But you don't expect your doctor to check you in at the, at the, at the, at the doctor's office. Your doctor's not checking you in. And the doctor's not taking your temperature or checking your blood are they? I mean, no. They they come in when it's time for the advice. They come in. They come in when a challenge shows up. They come in. You know, now with nurse practitioner, practitioners, right. it even goes a step further. Like it's it's like it's like you want to save that specialist for that moment, right? You don't want if if that's how agents get spread thin. Okay, that's how they get spread thin is because they specialize in in the check in process and in the they want to check, you know, and they got to they got to be part of all the have their hands on everything. When all that does is take away from people specializing in different things. So, in my opinion, at like the specialty part of it is where we give great service and how we figure out what people really want and what they really need, and that's why we get such good reviews. So I'm curious about your team because I. I hear, you know, I'm a, I, I was a cold caller. I'm not necessarily doing it right now because I'm, I'm slowing down on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there's a lot of talk. There's, well, here, I'll read you. I will read you something from the L bar page that I saved. And it really, you know, it, it kind of. I, I jumped out of that group three years ago. Well, I had to. Mute it. I, I still. I just. I'm not. It's a. Uh, it's I a don't lot. Have time for all that. But it. But says, I am on. I am on a committee there now. Me too. Which yeah. one are you on? MLS. Oh, I'm on the political the yeah. RPAC and so this guy says, I think agents who are calling expired listings are pretty desperate anyways, and they probably don't care. Awesome. I wanted to comment awesome. on it and be like, so. Bob Sophia is desperate. Here's here's like, the thing, and I don't want to know that agent's name. I, I don't, don't either. I don't even know I don't, who it is. I, don't, I didn't say. I the will name. make a statement. I've been waiting to make this statement for a long Do time. It. Is that we sold 39 expired listings? I think that's a big deal. Last year, yeah. Last year, that was our top source of business. Do you know what I've learned? I've learned I, I I mean, I can give you. I can get. I, I will after I tell you my opinion on that. Is that people that let their listings expire? And haven't figured out what the people really want. They failed. They failed someone. They make our industry look bad because, and I'll tell you what they do wrong. Because I see it and I I saw it 39 times last year. Okay. Now, how many listings really expire? That's only a small portion of what expires on our market. Okay. Do you know the, the, how many? I don't know. I should know that. I don't know. But I know that though out of those 39, the majority of them. Agent doesn't know what the people really want or what they really need. And these people go through this process for six months, a year, two years sometimes, without the agent knowing what they're really selling the property for or why they're selling it or who, where they need to get. And they make assumptions on money. They make, they make all these assumptions 
and they don't know. They don't know. They shouldn't be in the real estate business. And I'm not saying, now I have expired listings too. I have a lot of them. You know what happened? But I've put them through, I've put them through, I've taken it as far as you can take it. I've taken it as far with advice because one of the, I would say one of the biggest things that causes a listing to expire is communication. It's, 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 it's actually telling people what they need to hear as opposed to telling them what they want to hear. So uh, An let's example? say, An no, example? I, um, I have, I have one on the market now that is not close to being expired. Part of me wishes it was. Right. Um, I have very difficult sellers, investor, clients that it's it's fifteen grand overpriced, and I told them when they bought it, this is your top dollar, and then come to list, and it's well, I want I want to list it at this, and because I'm like, well, that's you know, you you are the owner, we will try it for two weeks, and then we'll drop it. And they won't drop it. So would you take that listing or would you let those people go? That's, that's a great question because I think that there's some, in some instances, taking it and working through that. Also, if they treated you just like real shitty all because, the time. Because here's, here's, the, here, here, here's, here's the deal with that. Is that. And this is what I have to say to people sometimes is that know that like just say you're my client okay and you're we're in this position where where you're fifteen thousand dollars overpriced and we know it's the price the price is the reason right it's like sometimes you have to work from the other side but you have to explain that to them look my job sometimes is not fun and it's not nice and and i'm here to tell you the reality of the situation and if and and I don't want you to ever think that I'm working for the other side. You have to make that clear because people get that missed. They get that mixed up sometimes because sometimes your job is to pull that bandaid off and tell them the reality of the situation. And they will take it sometimes as you're working for the buyer or you're working for someone else and not for them. Oh, your job's to get me the most money I can get you. Well, that is my job. Right. And I've been successful at it 39 times this year. You know, like I've been successful when other people haven't been. And this is how. And these are the things that I look at and either you respect my advice or we're going to have to go a different direction. So in your case, if, if not even if people were treating <coughs> like that, I mean, that's where you're going to see deletes on my listings because I'll get an yeah. expired listing and someone will be totally unreasonable. We'll delete it. Delete it. See ya. Peace. Like you're somebody else's problem because I can only go so far. There's only so much I can do. And if I can't help you, then I, that's well, get back get back to the team thing. Get yeah. back to everything else. That's what my purpose on this earth is to help people change the way they think, right? They need to change the way they think. And I've had enough failures in each one of these arenas that I can use those to express this is how I'm going to help you change the way you think is because I've failed at this before. I've failed at this exact thing. If 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 and if and if I can't if I can't break through that, sometimes Cutting the cord is the best way to get to get it done. Because sometimes at that point, that's where they say, okay, well, if you, you know, that's when they're going to say, okay, well, this person's professional and they're not going to work with me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that that's a, it's a tough one, but it happens every day. Yeah, it does. It um, happens every day. Where, so uh, where are you, are you using Red X? What are you using for these expired yeah, Red X, Land Red X We have a lot of data. Vulcan. We have, and- no, we don't use Vulcan. We have a lot of data. We have a lot of data. Um, a lot of different data sources. Um, so, um, yeah, but those are the main ones in Mojo. We use them in, in, together with Mojo. Are you familiar with Calltend? Have you ever heard of them? I've heard of them, um, but I'd, I'm not familiar with them. Someone, I was talking to someone this morning, and they said that they asked me, did you know that Bob now is um, outsourcing all the cold calls to, like, the Philippines? And I was like, no. I mean, I tried that I, um, once back in, I tried that once back, like, three years ago, and it didn't work out for me. Yeah, it either works or just doesn't. Well, but, I mean... You know, I sat here and talked to Nick, and I talked to DJ, and they were like, you know, we just pick up the phone. So it's I... A, it's amazing. You know, they, they just... It's cool. They pick up the phone, you know. And I think I think one of those uh, one of the things that uh, that one of the things you had m- mentioned in the email was that 
you know, people with their opinions of cold calling, but it's, cold calling is the same thing as standing in front of a grocery store and asking people. Like, like the only way you're going to do more business is if you talk to more people. And if in your heart you're doing it to help people, you're not doing it for money and you're not doing it for the freedom of schedule, you're doing it to help people, the results show up. It's very Ricky Caruth of you. But I'm just saying. that's It's the reality of it. Like, it's the reality. of The reality of it is, is if... It, it all goes back to motivation. So the people that have those criticisms, I really like to dig into their motivation. I mean, do I have time for it? No, that's why I got off the LPAR page. I mean, <laughs> I don't have time to dig into their motivation. And I don't really like, like I'd like to focus on the people that are in my world and that I can help. So so I, I have a really good social governor. They t- I took this test a while back. And you wouldn't believe that or people wouldn't think that about me. And I don't know if it's social media that's trained me to have this social governor. Like, social governor being, uh, I think about what I say before I say it. Now, I can say some stuff that stings, right? But 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 I'm not I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, like, I can pull it back. I can pull it back. So, you know, uh, it has to be social media that's taught me that because I get upset sometimes. Like, I look at stuff that people are saying, like, what in the world? And I want it help them but I can't help all these people I can't help everybody and it really goes back to what they're in it for what are you in it for and most of the time like you said it's it's money and freedom that's why they're in it they're not in it to help people they're not in it to, to learn and be better at what they do they're in it for three percent or six percent they're in it they're entitled to this money and that's what's going to hurt our industry I mean that's really what I believe is one of the biggest one of the biggest things with us moving forward is the value that we provide as agents. You know, people can get all this information now. They can do the research. They can get the data. You know, in the past, this was one of the things they couldn't get. That's why they used us is because they couldn't get it. We had those big books we, they'd carry around. They had all the listings that. in they it. They couldn't get that. Before Zillow, they couldn't get the data on the houses. They couldn't research what their houses <coughs> were. They had to call a real estate agent. Okay, all those things are gone now. So, so what is the value that you're going to provide? What is the value that these... People that are complaining about people are going to provide. That's the question. Do you think that um, the that I buyers are coming and, I'm and one. That they're going to? I'm one. Like having options for people, having options for people because I'm sure you've been to a house where somebody's a hoarder or their house is in total disrepair. I mean, one of the I've first, been in a few. <laughs> right, one of the very first ones that I came in contact with. I, I've got a really good friend in Eli Mashney, and I met him on a cold call, okay? He's been so good to me from the first time I ever met him. And he's been so good to the people around him. I mean, he's a great guy. Anyway, we there was a house that I came across cold calling, and uh, it was on Rebecca Street. And this woman, she was not going to get into a retirement home because of the condition of her house, but her house was worth money, but she didn't have the, she didn't have the, the money. She didn't have the funds to get it from where it was to where it needed to be, to be able to sell it. Like that's an iBuyer situation, right? This is an iBuyer situation. This is to say, Oh, the iBuyers, they're already here, right? Well, yeah, the wholesale game it's is, the, the, you okay, know, but here's the, here's the thing about the iBuyer that's better than the wholesale game is that, in the wholesale game, people aren't getting an option, okay? So what we what we work on and what we, we work to provide to people is an option. So, so if the situation is that you don't have the money to fix your house up and that it's, it's, in, a, a, it's in a condition that you can't sell it or you're going you're gonna to get beat up on the price totally, well, we can make you an offer. If... Repairs need to be done to it. We work with the best contractors in town, and we have like literally. Uh, you can tell me a problem with the house, and I've got the phone number of the best person in town to handle it, and that's just come through all the transactions that we've done. And then, as far as retail, that's our specialty, right? So instead of somebody getting the one option of an agent coming into their house and doing a CMA and giving them their opinion on what the house is going to sell for and telling them how to do it like we're saying okay what's the most important to you now there's situations with these i bars if you've done the research on it is that these are 
houses that are in great condition, but they don't want to deal with the hassle of putting on them. It's worth 10%. It's worth 10% for the seller to, to know the date they're going to close, not have to deal with the real estate agent, and not have to repair the house. Like It's worth it for them to get 10% less. So, you know, what's the best for the client? That's why. That's how I feel about the iBuyer. I feel like it's already here. Like Zillow's not here as an iBuyer, but I'll tell you, if but you ever coming, if you, you ever know. come across a house like that, I buy. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll buy. I'll, I'll buy. buy. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm a buyer. Like, <laughs> like we have buyers all around us. There's investors yeah. all around us. And getting back to talking about pricing, that's one of the things that I say all the time. It's like, okay, well, if we list the house for a dollar, somebody will buy it, right? I'll buy it. Okay. But that's what I'm saying. So we know that it's, we know that price is a factor when selling a house. Now my job is to get you the most I can possibly get you. Right. Right. But if you're unreasonable. We got to find, we got to find the gap between that $1 and what somebody's willing to pay for it. And what you have a list for, they're not willing to pay for it because they're doing their research. Right. They're doing the research. They're looking at silly. You got it priced $20,000 more than the Zestimate, whether the Zestimate's right or wrong. This is the people. This is how they educate they themselves. They think it's correct. So That's how they educate themselves right. is off the Zestimate. And agents, right. they, they educate themselves for how a lot of them, they click that RPR button. They say, okay, this is what the RPR says. And people don't see that. So this is what the house is worth is this. Now, as an agent, it's my job to convince you or not convince you to... Educate show the you. educate yeah. you on what it's really worth, but that's a big challenge. Is getting past that. How difficult do you think it was to break into this market as kind of an outsider? I think I could do it anywhere. You think you could sell real estate anywhere? I think I could do it anywhere. I think I could do it anywhere. I think anyone can do it anywhere. Just like we talk about, like DJ said. I mean, like I think that. It all comes down to what your motivation is or, or why are you doing it? And if there's a why, then it's possible. Like you just, and it's almost as possible as just picturing it and then doing it. Like just do it. So uh, I want to ask you, I, there's a lot of uh, rumors and controversies and things about, about you out there. And when I, I heard that when you first started, that you uh, had a divorce settlement or something, that you had a million dollars. I wish. And that you dumped a million dollars into Zillow and um, Red X and and things like that. Yeah. And that's how you built your business. And that's that's what I heard. So it's not true. Well, I I will say this, (laughs) that my ex-wife, like her finances shouldn't even be a consideration on this podcast, but... Like the appearance of that, I mean, the appearance of things to people that don't understand some, sometimes things are a lot different than people think. Right. And if you can call Zillow and see how much money I spent on them, I haven't spent a penny on them until last year. And the only reason why I'm a premier agent right now, I spend $700 a month on Zillow, which is the minimum amount you can spend. And the only reason why is to edit my listings. Because oh I have so much, so many listings. I have 60 listings right now. So the only reason why I do it is because I was there were some errors on my listings. I said, you know what? $700 a month. If I get a couple leads, let's see what we close. Like, I mean, let's wow. just check it out. But I, I had, I bought, when I very first started, I had one section in 40508, but I got all rental leads. So Oh, man. So That's I, how it, I built my business. So, that, so, they call them, so I called them up and they said, well, you don't have any reviews. And I said, well, hold on a second. You didn't say I had to have reviews to get business off these leads. They said, well, that's part of the deal. You got to have reviews. So, you know, but by that point, I had like six closed transactions and I got six reviews. So now I have six reviews. I'm still not getting leads. They're like, well, you know, you got to have more market. Blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. I got them to cancel my subscription. They, they, I mean, I went, I mean, I, I <laughs> like, yeah, you can't help me. Someone can. You're not the right person. Give me someone else. You know, like I just kept going until I they got canceled all day. it. I got mean, all It was a big deal. I mean, at that point, $700 was a lot more to me than yeah. anything else. I think, I think, uh, yeah. I mean, so you really, that's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's, interesting, that's a rumor. That's really rumor has it, Bob. That's great. So you really, it almost seems like you've built it. Well, I think of myself, I'm like, man, I've built this the hardest way possible. Like, yeah. Zillow and cold call and Red X and 
just straight up like just scraping all that you can scrape you know i mean you all there's how did to, you how did you build this machine was it cold calling to, yes cold calling everybody i know and i have oh man my list of resources is so extensive i feel like that's one of my best that's one of my strongest selling points is like look i know i mean i know so many people now i've gained so much respect out of the hustle like the people that don't hustle can say anything they want about cold calling, but you get someone that has worked for, you get someone that's worked for what they have and you hit them up on the phone, they're going to appreciate you. They're like, oh my gosh, no one's ever called me before. I mean, I've had people say they were praying and oh my gosh, I was praying to find a good real estate agent and you called me. I mean, wow. like it's gone from, from that. I mean, I've made some great relationships just from cold, I mean, all my relationships. I mean, there's nothing do really. Still, I didn't know anybody. I knew 25 call? people and two of them were real estate agents when I moved here. That I was didn't it. know anybody when I moved here right. and I've built my business on strangers and right. I had to. I mean, right. are you still cold calling? I you would in personally? a second. I would in a second. Now, my business has evolved into training. My business has evolved into training people and not just training them to be in real estate. It's like, it's like training them to be successful at anything they choose to do. Um, I, I've, I've recently, just this past week, we've started an apprentice program. So this is a non-denominational, non-broker. It doesn't matter what broker you work at. We've opened up the doors. We've got a brand new office. Oh, on Clay uh, Avenue. Yeah, I want to talk about it. I this do. I want to talk sweet. about it. The place is sweet. It was a photo studio, so it's set up to create media. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's an old house, oh, downtown. Oh, you got to stop by. I, mean, I it's will. Like, it is so cool. So are you there a lot? I'm there from 6.30 in the morning till 3.30 probably. Because I, I want to come. I, I want you to be there if I'm going to come by. Yeah. I'm going to bring you some pizza. The, the best time to show up <laughs> as a real estate agent, the best time to show up is 8.20. 8.20? 8.20. At 8.20, it's not required that the team's there at 8.20. There's no time that's really required because I can't do that to a contractor, right? Right. They're all independent contracts. They can come and go as they please. For the best results, 8.30 is the time that we start our day. Okay, so at 8.30, every morning we have a meeting. Sometimes, I mean, you know, the goal is to make them more and more productive. Sometimes they're not productive. Sometimes can we sit around and chit chat. Anybody can come. So, so we start at 8.20 and we watch, uh, you know what Darren Hardy is? No. Uh, he wrote the book of, uh, what, I can't even think of it right now. Darren Hardy. Darren Hardy. But he does this thing, it's called Darren, Darren Daly. And uh, Darren Daly. So, yeah, you should sign up for that. You just put your email Darren Hardy, um, success mentor in New York, best-selling author. He wrote The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster, Living Your Best Year Ever, and The Compound Effect. The Compound Effect. The Compound Effect. That's the best one, I think, in my opinion. I've, I've, I've read them all. But that one, The Compound Effect is like, it's like if you knew when you took a bite out of a cheeseburger that you would get fat. Would you take the bite out of the cheeseburger? You know, like it's yes. like the little piece. Well, yeah. I mean, if you knew you were going to gain 100 pounds right after you took the bite, would you take the bite out of the ham? It's the little things. It's like little incremental movements that create the bigger things. So that's what that book's about. But he does this thing. It's amazing. It start, he, he sends it out at like 4 in the morning every day. And you put your name in his email list. It is the most value. Like the fact that this guy puts this together at this level, like in the content that he puts out, they're five minutes or less. I mean, sometimes they run over like eight minutes. But they're like every day. So his thing is like get better every day. You know, like getting better every day. You know, like it's really cool. So You we, should we, look we, up Ricky Caruth. Do yeah, you know him? Not really. Zero to Diamond? Not really. I don't really know oh, him. Man. I've heard his name, but I don't So remember. good. He believes that the the biggest real estate agent, the the busiest real estate agent is going to be the person that talks to the most people. Oh, for sure. And he's a cold caller. Geo leads. Uh, circle prospecting. That's, that's his whole thing. There's no doubt. And that's, he's in like Alabama. He's yeah. not in this New York. You know, he's not in that. Yeah. Sells 100 homes a year as a solo agent. That's kind of where I got the bad press was the circle prospecting. We do it a lot still, but I didn't know the rules back then. And the rules would have... The rules... Why can't you circle prospect? It's What's so the... that I didn't understand them the way I do now. Now I know that it's the same as sending a postcard to a neighborhood. If yeah. you hit a listed house, we weren't targeting that listed house. It's right in oh, the NRC. Oh, I see. You know, that was what got us. The, you know, you start making cold calls and you're just circle prospecting. You hit a house that's listed. Oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. We didn't. 
We didn't know. We didn't want to. I'm not going after that listing. Right. And that's the, so, so what happens is, you know, you say, hey, look, I, you know, this is Bob. I'm calling around the neighborhood. We have some buyers that are looking. You know, have you thought about selling your house? And then they're like, my house is this. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. Oh, I no. mean, to call you. Well, the very first thing they do is get off the phone. And call oh, somebody. yeah. Yeah. And then they're just like, oh, he's a bottom feeder. And he's yeah. Da, 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 da. And they get them all worked up and upset because the, these people assume that there is a buyer. Well, there right. is, there is, there is, because I'm a buyer, and I have clients, and most of the time, the areas that we're calling, there's tons of buyers waiting to buy their house. You know? Right, yeah. So, um, and I even started calling the agents and apologizing, like, look, we hit that, we hit the house on accident, I'm going to take your listing to our meeting and show it to everybody, we're going to help you get this thing sold, I apologize, hope it didn't What's their the reception to that? Mostly good? Well, what are they going to say? That yeah. They, they say it's good until they, then they go post it on Elbar, <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> I mean, like, it's like, but that's totally legal. And in the past, I was, like, there was brokers coming after me. I mean, they were like, I mean, I was stirring it up back in the day. Back in the day. Did circle prospecting ever work for you? Or it does? Oh, yeah. Because it's just a random, almost just a out of a phone book kind of very, very cold. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is any person you talk to, I think they say 10 years now, right? That's the average time frame for somebody to move. 10 years. Five to ten years. I think it's ten years. That's the last thing I heard. I would Seven. think it's sooner for millennials. That makes the you know, lead better. Age, that makes you know. the lead better. That makes yeah. any person you talk to, they're going to buy or sell a house in the seven years. Now, okay, or ten years or five years, whatever it is, it, it's 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 your follow up system that like it's the initial conversation you have with them. I'm here to provide some value. You know, I'm here to help. I've got some buyers that are looking and. You know, I know I have a lot of resources that I can share with you. You know, if you ever need to get a window change or a new roof, I can help you. And it's the follow-up from the point you talk to them until they're ready to sell their house. Do you I mean, get their gonna, email? Yeah. You always get the... Not always. I mean, we work on getting the email. We want to. We want, I mean, we want to help them. And it's not... I just... That's just the... That's my heart in the whole thing. It's not about... It's not about uh, anything else. So you're um, generating business through cold calls and probably now just repeat referral. I mean, thirty-three percent was repeating referral last year, which is really high. Like I was always at like five percent. Like it was like my first three or four years, it was like five percent. I'm like, I'm not on any referral. But as you know, now I've been in business for four years or five years, and it's it's starting to come now. And that's why I hear like people say like, you know, this is a bad leader. This no no no, it's not a bad lead. Your follow up system's bad. Because at the end of the day, if you treat everyone with respect and you provide value to them and you stay in contact with them, then they're going to be a seller or a buyer or they're going to know someone that's a seller or buyer sooner or later. So I think that uh, it's funny because it's just such an old school thing. It's like old school. Like the old school people are the ones that are the most upset about it. Like They are. Yeah. It's like... So what do you expect? You expect sitting around waiting for your phone ring is the good way to do business? No, like business creates business. Like I provide value. Like I, that's the value to a seller. That's the value to a buyer. Is that I'm not sitting around waiting for my phone to ring. I'm shaking the trees. So how do we? We have a. We don't necessarily have a great image. You know, realtors. We're used car salesmen to a lot of people out there. I don't agree with that. How do we? How do we repair that? image study read become read. a better leader become a better leader become become a sponge for information become uh the expert at uh your neighborhood become like study and ask questions ask questions find out what people want find out what they need and what they want don't assume that you know that's that's what we have to do what we have to do is figure out what pe- people want and help them get it. Whether it's our clients, whether it's our coworkers, whether it's our family, whoever it is, we have to figure out what people want and help them get it. That's it. So, have you ever thought of just of getting your brokers and and just being your own your own office? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I've thought of it. I've thought of it. I, I find a lot of value. In the bigger thinking, there was just a team that merged uh, Ben Kenyon and Chris Suarez. And I don't, don't 
quote me on these numbers, but I think one of them was doing about 4,000 transactions a year. One of them was doing like 3,000. They're in 26 states now. So these two people, okay. So when, when we look at this, this is, this is my biggest aha from it. We've got, you know, it's like so many people get their ego in the way of what they do, right? And I think in real estate especially, you find that um, in negotiations, you find this real estate agent's ego is part of the negotiation. That's so bad business. Like, but if you take these guys, right, these guys are closing thousands and thousands. They've become, they, they've studied and they've become leaders to hundreds and hundreds of agents. They've changed so many lives and now they're merging. That's great. Are they Keller Williams people? Yeah. Now they're merging. Why would they merge? Why, how could they put their ego aside? How could they, how could they find value in each other, Right. And when, when, when we have such a tough time understanding why people would be on a team or why people like here in our market, I really don't think that 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 there were really a lot of teams before the New Home Collective that started from nothing and came up with something. And and and, and I don't I know that there's I have a lot of respect for the people that have been in business and the people that have been in this area. I met some really cool people. But I just don't think that whole model of the millionaire real estate agent book was put into play. And that was a big challenge for me is, is well, first of all, figuring out how I was going to create value for the people that were around me. And then just sticking with it and saying, with it. but you take that to think that two teams of that size and could come together and find that. It's just an amazing thought. Did they they started their own brokerage or their- no? They didn't start their own brokerage. They combined their teams. Now it's called Place Incorporated. If you go to placeincorporated.com, but to me that just boggles my mind. It just boggles my mind. But then if you bring it back to this <coughs> scale, if you bring it back to what you and I are talking about, and you said, okay, why would DJ stay with the team? You know, I mean, with all those transactions he's closing, could he? Well, no. If if you look at it in the sense of shared expenses, if you look at it in the sense of, of, of the tools, if you look at it in the sense of the systems, if you look at it in the tools of the training, if you, if you, if you look, if you put all those things together, like if, 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 if joining some other team would improve the lives of the people that are, that are, that I'm in business with, if that would improve their lives, I would look at it. I would look at it. If, if I had to, if I had to change the name of the team to, uh, the Mike Smith team to improve the lives of the people that I work with, I would definitely look at it. I mean, I don't know if there would have to be some value there, but if the value exceeded what I was doing, I have to, I have to say, I'm not going to make a move. That's going to put us in a negative position. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to make a move that's going to put us in a better position, but to open your mind to something like that, how many people are willing to do that? How many people are willing to do that? So where where is the new home collective going to be in two years? In five years? I would say I would say uh, you know we got some big goals this year. This year we've got some big goals because you're looking to expand. You're hiring more people. It's about it's really and, and I learned this more and more and I hear it. It's sort of like a cliche thing, you know. It's not. It's like it's the who. It's not the what or the when. It's like it's like it's the people, right? Like. Like there's a really cool thing that Keller Williams has. It's like um, it has. It's a breakdown of talent versus non-talent. And when you get around talented people, um, they push you. Right? The goals get bigger. Like as long as I can maintain this space where the people that work with me, anything that any as big as they can think, I'm thinking bigger. Then we'll be together and we'll go to that place. So. Finding people that that are on the same mission or the same thought process—they might not have to be in—they don't have to be in the same place as me. They just have to have that desire to do more with their lives. And the the more of those people that become part of what we're doing, part of this movement, the bigger the place we go to, right? So it's really hard, you know, when people talk about goals and they talk about business planning. And it's like, and I just keep breaking it down to like. Like we can create a formula to where we're going, right? Like we can say every 37 people we talk to is going to create an appointment out of every three appointments. We're going to get a listing out of, out of every uh, six uh, listings. We're going to close five transactions, right? We can figure out how to generate the business 
and how to get the money, right? Oh, but, but it all goes back to the people. It all goes back to the people and it goes back to the people you're with and what they want to achieve. So it's like, it's really hard for me to say. Now, I would say that I see us being in, in the next two years in five locations. I mean, I see that. Um, Do you know where you'd want to go? It's about the people. Doesn't it's a, matter. It's really about the people more than it is about where we're going. You know, Do people come to you or some? It more and more lately. I, I think you know that's the goal is to become a magnet for talented people. I, I don't really want to have to like go beat the. But you know what? If I have to, like here's here's the thing that gets you know that gets me is like. I read this book. The other, one of the one of the more more recent books I read, the, the one page marketing plan. It's a really good book. In this book, he asks this question. He says, "When you if you left town for ninety days, if you left town for ninety days out of the country and didn't have any contact, when you came back, would your business be in a worse place? Would it be in the same place, or would it be in a better place?" Uh, way worse for me. Okay. So I keep asking this question out loud. Okay. And I keep talking about this question. I keep thinking about this question. I keep, and you know, of course, all of us want our business to be in a better place. Okay. All of us want that. We want to walk away and come back and, and, and have things be better. Okay. And, you know, and a lot of us, you know, for me, for a long time, things would be this, I'd come back you know, we'd have some more stuff on a contract. We'd have some new listings. You know, things are still moving. You know, I have uh, K-Rec isn't trying to get a hold of me. You know, right. like everything's <laughs> going. We're moving along. We're moving along at the same pace. And, you know, I've left town sometimes and agents have left the team. Yeah. You know, as I keep saying this, as I keep thinking this thought, I, you know, when I went away a couple weeks ago, I came back. And there were new systems in place and there were new plans wow. being made and there were new, like when that happens, when that energy and that, that thing happens, it's amazing. It's amazing. And, and there's nothing that, you know, that came from failure. That came from failure. That came from, uh, tons of failures, tons of failures that came from that clarity, that clarity, that way of thinking, like, I mean, they have to take some ownership, right? They, nobody, they don't, people don't do that if, if they don't feel that, right? They're not going to do that. Like, like that's, it's a pretty amazing thing. So what were we talking about? We, I know I, I switched over to that because we were talking about something else. I don't know. But I mean, but, people, Yeah. it's like, Oh, I asked you about expanding and where where your team you yeah. might see you in two to five years, and you'll like you'll be change, expanding. Things change so quickly. It's like they change so quickly. That thought, that thing happening, I think that's a huge multiplier for our business. Like I think that's a huge mul. I know it's a huge multiplier to have people, to have people on the same mission, to have them on the same mission. Where everything doesn't have to go through my hands and everything doesn't have to be something I push. When other people are pushing, it's a huge multiplier. It's a huge multiplier. And I think that a lot of people's lives are going to be affected in a positive way because of it. So my last question is, what makes you passionate about this? It's seeing people win and seeing people succeed. And it's seeing people, it's seeing people, it's changing it's changing people's perspective on what's possible. Um, and not just, it, w from that, it changes my perspective. Because, you know, I mean, I just, uh, you know, one foot in front of the other foot. You know, like, just keep going. I mean, there's just stuff coming everywhere, like flying at your head. You know, you yeah. just got to keep going. You keep going and you have this thought and you just have this thought and you just keep doing the right thing and you keep, you just stay on that course. And I mean, I just think that that's, to me, that, to me, helping people get what they want and helping change their perspective and raising their financial thermostat, showing them what's possible and, and having them believe in that and seeing them achieve that, I mean, it's like nothing else. Like, I was 
I mean, that's it right there. Bob, you're a great dude. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for thank you. thank you for coming in. Thank you for being part of my wokerage. Yeah. I uh this is this has been just a real treat. Yeah. I can't believe you're here. Really. Oh man. I I just I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. Oh, I've enjoyed man. listening to them too. I've I've gotten some new perspectives on people. And you know, for the most part I you know, I'm listening to it cuz I you know, I put this off for a month. I had a lot of stuff going on. Oh yeah. You know, you got married. Baby on the way and oh, my God. a new house and or not a new house, but a new a office. There's been a lot going on. Well, and your entire office is moving to another office too. So right, uh, you know. right. There's been a lot. There's been a lot, and and I put it off, and I've had some extra time to think about it, and I've listened to a lot of them, and I I've gotten some new perspectives of, and they've all been good. Like how I like what you say in your like mission statement at the beginning. Like we work with these people every day, and we don't like, know anything. Gonna, we don't yeah. know anything about them. They're and gone I, in thirty days. And, and I just thought about that, and. I just, you know, I mean, you ask people some tough questions sometimes. I but do. I think, I think that's cool. And I, I just think the watching people handle that is like, that's where I've gained the respect. It's like, some, you know, how people handle You never know it. how it's going to go. It could be good. It could yeah. be like, eh, you not You got to so keep good. pushing. You yeah. got to keep pushing. You I didn't ask you about the Newsday piece, but, uh, you uh, know. Uh, that's quite, I mean, I've, I, I think <laughs> that, I think that there's, there's, there's a definite need for training and there's a definite need for people to understand more about being professional. And I think that yeah. the more people, the, the more professional people become, the less that'll happen because I don't think people intend to do that. I really don't believe in my heart that the intention is to be that way. I think that they're just not trained properly. I mean, interesting. that's just my take on it. I just don't, I'm an, I'm a cup half full type of person. Like I don't, I really, I really believe that people are good. I don't think people are bad. And I just think they need to be trained better. By our presentation, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but yeah, that's my take on it. So yeah, I do have a take. That's it. Training. Well, um, everyone, please follow me on Facebook, The Woke Agent. You can listen on Spotify and iTunes and thewokeagent.com. Uh, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Bob, for being here. My and, pleasure. Um, thank you. Yeah. See you guys on the next one.